Welcome to the Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton podcast. Well, you can tell from the title what we will be discussing on this show. We'll talk about liberty and how our government, which hates us by the way, works over time to erode our liberties. We will also talk about leadership, leadership theory, and leadership styles, and what kind of leadership the new aristocrats at every level of government are exercising, mostly in their efforts to control us and erode our liberties. We will also discuss how true servant leadership, the kind of leadership envisioned by our founding fathers for elected office, is needed to restore our republic. And we will also talk about lies, mainly the lies our government tells us its employers. The lies they tell us in order to maintain their grip on power. Their grip on the reins of control. And also the lies that many media outlets tell us as well or that they spread at behest of their masters in government. All of these lies are meant to keep us pulling at the wagon in our march toward socialism. I will also sprinkle in with those topics information about my campaign to restore true conservative servant leadership to government. I am campaigning to represent the 12th district in the Tennessee House of Representatives. The 12th district is made up of most of Sevier County. You can follow the podcast and the campaign at several locations on the internet and social media. My website is libertyleadershipandlies.com. On the website, you can subscribe to my blog post as well as find out about, and more importantly, contribute to my election campaign. For the podcast, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Telegram under Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Linton. For the campaign, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Larry for TN12. There are also a few ways you can use to contact me. For the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. For the campaign, you can send a text message or leave a voicemail at 865-393-7958 or just send an email to larry for dash tn12 at protonmail.com so those things and more will be what we discuss on the podcast liberty leadership lies and my campaign with that being said let's hear from the show's primary sponsor before we kick off this week's episode welcome back to the show this week's topic is liberty our liberty the very basis for the founding of our nation. You know the phrase, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The phrase that was part of the greatest breakup letter in the history of breakups. When a people longing for freedom decided to risk it all and take on the most powerful nation in the world so that they and all of their posterity might be a people free from tyranny. Regular listeners to this podcast know that I have stated, and quite frequently, that our government hates us. Some people want to believe that our government does not hate us. They want to believe the lie that our government is truly trying to act on our behalf for our own self-interests. That they're really acting much like parents would to try and take care of their children. Well, I think that it can be safely assumed that good parents that truly love their children do not sell them into slavery, into perpetual debt bondage. Our government, now enabled for more than 100 years by the 16th Amendment, that was passed in order to get around the constitutional prohibition against a direct 
tax has been sapping our sweat equity. And our sweat equity supports our personal liberty. And all of this is placing us, we the people, the employers of the government, they are placing all of us into bondage with its reckless taxing, spending, and borrowing policies. I would like to encourage every member of the audience to look into the 16th Amendment and why and how it was passed. That is the most important thing to look at. How it was passed. Also, look at who wanted it passed. History shows that it was liberals, or progressives as they call themselves, mainly parts of the Democrat Party that pushed that abomination through. We need to stop using those euphemisms, progressives or liberals, that have taken over our lexicon now. And we have to call these people for what they truly are. They are Marxists, socialists. They want to tear apart the founding and the fabric of our nation. And you know, there are many constitutional questions about the manner in which the 16th Amendment was passed. Such as, in 1909, there were 48 states, which meant that 36 of them three-quarters of them, were required to give their approval in order for the amendment that was passed in the federal government's Congress to be ratified. This ratification process took nearly the whole term of President Taft's administration, from 1909 to 1913. Well, let's dig into some of the specifics on why it was unconstitutionally passed. Kentucky's legislature's version of the amendment they acted on omitted the words, on income, from the text. After those words, on income, were added, the Kentucky State Senate rejected the amendment, bringing the total of states that approved the amendment down from 38 to 37. Getting close. The Oklahoma legislature changed the wording of the amendment it ratified, making it the complete opposite of what U.S. Secretary of State Knox transmitted to the 48 states. Yet Secretary Knox counted Oklahoma as one of the states that approved the amendment, despite his chief legal counsel stating that states were not allowed to make any changes. Now the total number of states approving the amendment goes from 37 to 36. Right there, the minimum number required to pass the amendment. Now, here's where my state of Tennessee comes into play. Our state's constitution prohibited the General Assembly from taking any action on a proposed amendment to the Constitution sent by Congress until after the next election of state legislators. Well, the Tennessee General Assembly violated its own constitution in approving the amendment. They acted illegally before they were authorized to do so. The Tennessee General Assembly also violated Article 2, Section 18 of its state's constitution by not reading the resolution on three different days. Both of the constitutional violations make the General Assembly's approval of the 16th Amendment null and void. Oopsie! Now the number of states that approved, legally and constitutionally, the 16th Amendment has dropped to 35. One less than the required number to ratify the amendment. Also, both Louisiana and Texas violated their state's constitutions that prohibited their legislatures from empowering the federal government with any additional taxing authority. 
11 other states violated certain provisions in their constitutions that require a bill to be read on three different days before voting on it. Those states were Mississippi, Ohio, Arkansas, Minnesota, New Mexico, West Virginia, Indiana, Nevada, North Carolina, North Dakota, Colorado, and Illinois. All of this means that only 21 states legally ratified the 16th Amendment. And you know, all this information is out there. It's available. It's in the public domain. Yet here we are still paying these taxes, propping up the federal government with our sweat equity. This was really the beginning of the end of the states asserting themselves as the parent of the federal government. When the states allowed the farce, no, let's not call it a farce, when the states allowed the illegally ratified 16th Amendment to become the law of the land, they effectively surrendered their sovereignty and the sovereignty of their citizens. And they surrendered it to an overreaching and growing in size and scope federal government. And that federal government is the very institution formed to protect the rights of the states and the rights of the citizens. But they used deceit and illegal methods to get what it wanted. No, what it needed in order to reverse its design role. The 16th Amendment changed the federal government's relationship with us and the states in our everyday lives. The federal government went from a very limited government formed only to provide for the common defense and regulate trade between the states and foreign governments to, now in its current dealings, transformed to a government that now uses the revenue it obtains from a fraudulently passed amendment to pick the winners and losers in society. To use our own sweat equity as the carrot and stick to get compliance from states and citizens. It is malicious compliance. Some of my former nuclear-powered-trained shipmates know exactly what that phrase means. The COVID-19 pandemic truly revealed what this government thinks is its relationship with the people. Our federal government and the state governments that emulate it, especially those ones under Marxist control, they think their relationship is now that of rulers, not representatives. Before we move on, let's pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll-free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. 
They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818 and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. Welcome back. Hey, remember to let the Kellys know that you heard about them here on the Liberty Leadership and Lies podcast when you're booking your vacation in the Smoky Mountains. Now, on the topic of liberty, do not forget that both sides of the political spectrum are and have been doing this to us since the early 1900s. Both major political parties are two sides of the same coin. They are usurpers of our liberty. The two-party system has wrecked our republic. Republicans and Democrats. One man foresaw this and warned us about it. We should take heed of George Washington's words about political parties. I'm going to read to you from a portion of an address that he issued that deals with political parties. It goes like this, and I quote, All obstructions to the execution of the laws, all combinations and associations under whatever plausible character, with the real design to direct, control, counteract, or all the regular deliberation and action of the constituted authorities, are destructive of this fundamental principle and of fatal tendency. They serve to organize faction, to give it an artificial and extraordinary force, to put in the place of the delegated will of the nation the will of a party, often a small but artful and enterprising minority of the community, and according to the alternate triumphs of different parties, to make the public administration the mirror of the ill-concerted and incongruous projects of faction, rather than the organ of consistent and wholesome plans digested by common councils and modified by mutual interest. However combination or associations of the above description may now and then answer popular ends, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust domination. Now, ladies and gentlemen, after listening to what our very first president had to say about political parties, I would be interested to hear yours, the audience's thoughts about political parties. Again, send me an email. Shoot me a text, leave me a voicemail. But what are your thoughts on the political parties, especially the two major ones that are controlling the path of our great experiment in self-governance today? President George Washington spoke those insightful, more like foresightful, words in his farewell address to the nation in 1796. Again, I ask you to look at now where we are. You know, it used to be a custom or tradition to read President Washington's address in both houses of Congress. The House of Representatives discontinued the practice of reading it in 1979. After that, the members would observe a wreath-laying ceremony held on the grounds of the Washington Monument, but they stopped doing that in 2003. Their actions, or really inaction, show how high they regard our first president and leader of our nation's fights for liberty during the Revolutionary War. It shows how high they regard liberty, period. 435 members of the legislative body created, in no small part by George Washington, as well as the rest of our founding fathers, 
to protect our liberty no longer hold the father of our nation in high enough regard to continue those traditions. Is it because his farewell address so accurately describes this new aristocracy so perfectly? Is it because President Washington foretold exactly what would become of our republic when governed, not by the citizens themselves, but by cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men? Those people who currently work tirelessly to subvert the power of the people? The work of a political party, not the people, is quite evident in the news cycles every day. In what is often referred to as the most deliberative government body in the world, political parties right now are jockeying for what would turn out to be only temporary victory. Victory for legislation that would only serve to benefit those who currently serve in elected office. The current Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, is taking on quite a different position than he did only a few years ago when discussing the rules of the Senate, especially the filibuster. He is working, in the words of President Washington, to put in the place of the delegated will of the nation, the will of a party. He's doing this with the long-established rules with regard to the filibuster, so that his party's will concerning the federal takeover election happens. So just listen to what he had to say a few years ago about the filibuster. We are defending the Constitution. We are saying there should be some balance. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. It'll be a doomsday for democracy. Doing away with it would be a doomsday for democracy, right, Chucky? That's what you said. But he is saying something quite different now, though, isn't he? If you are paying attention to any news, television, print, radio, or internet, that is all we are hearing right now. The Senate Majority Leader wants to do away with a tool that ensures the United States Senate remains the most deliberative legislative body in the world. He wants to do away with what he previously referred to in that soundbite as some balance. It isn't just Chucky that has had a change of heart on the filibuster either. Listen to this audio clip from a news show that throws down some more uncomfortable facts about Democrats in the Senate. In 2017, in the Trump administration, uh, 32 32, uh, Democratic senators signed an open letter uh, opposing any changes in the legislative filibuster. They have turned on a dime. Why are they... uh, the Democrats, I mean, so determined to do this. Do you remember what Chucky said in the first soundbite? I'll play it for you. Where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Remember the old thumb rule. Whatever Democrats accuse conservatives or Republicans of doing, they are doing it themselves. They want to change the rules to do what? What is it they want to accomplish? Why do they want to do this? That pesky why. They want to change the rules in order to pass legislation that is frankly unconstitutional. They've done it before with the 16th Amendment, knowing that it will be in effect for this year's midterm elections, and probably well beyond. Because any court battle against it, which should be victorious, but you never know with our current crop of Supreme Court justices, more on that in a bit, but that is what Chucky is banking on. 
The Democrat Party needs this federal takeover elections to happen to ensure they stay in a position of power. Without federal control of elections that would water down election integrity laws and open our elections to much more fraud than we saw in 2020, the Democrat Party will be transformed from a national party to a regional political party, concentrated only in the Northeast and on the West Coast. And with the migration patterns of citizens right now, that doesn't bode well for them either. People are fleeing those states in droves right now, sinking those states that have a smidge, just a smidge, more protection of liberties in place than states like California or the People's Republic of New York and the trash, I mean, Garden State of New Jersey. Before we move on, let's pause for a word from another one of the supporters of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. Okay, we're back on liberty. You know, there is so much wisdom to be found by studying the writings of our founding fathers. To actually read what they put down on paper. To see the words they committed to history in the creation of this the best nation on the face of the planet. With the gaining of that wisdom, though, comes this, the realization that we have allowed, through our apathy, this great experiment in self-governance to slip slowly through our grasp and fall into the hands of a political ideology that would love to enslave us all. On that note, I would like to read to you a bit more from President Washington's farewell address. It's just one sentence, but it carries so much weight. It is this, and I quote, The very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. Let me read that again. The very idea of the power and the right of the people to establish government presupposes the duty of every individual to obey the established government. That one sentence has taken on a new and much more pressing meaning today. With our governments, at the state and federal levels, enacting so many usurpations of our liberty, we need to remind ourselves of those words written by President Washington every day. The right of the people. That is us, ladies and gentlemen. We the people the very first words in our Constitution, it is our right to establish government. If we have the self-evident, unalienable, God-given right to establish government, 
That also means we have the right to abolish our current government, the established government. They, they being the new aristocracy, and us, we the people, forgot the core tenet or principle of our constitutional republic. It is this, that our government only governs by the consent of the governed. For far too long, ever since the federal government, with the assistance of, or lack of courage by many of the states, and prodded by Marxists at all levels of government, were able to illegally saddle us with the 16th Amendment. They have taken the citizens and the state's lack of response, the apathy, as their consent to not just govern us, but to rule us and drain us of our sweat equity in order to keep them propped up in positions of power. As I mentioned earlier in the show about the current makeup of the Supreme Court, victory in constitutional law is no longer guaranteed in our republic via the judicial branch anymore. Remember back to the weekend update of 4 December when I let you all know about Justice Sotomayor letting the cat out of the bag about judicial overreach? Where she acknowledged during oral arguments on the abortion case before the court that the Supreme Court had assumed unconstitutional authority ever since its Marbury versus Madison decision. So, in addition to being an example of not being too bright, she has actually proven herself to be a liar. And a liar in support of a political position that is contrary to a constitutional position. She has prostituted her position on the Supreme Court of the United States of America to support, in other words, not providing the checks and balances our Constitution puts in place, an unconstitutional executive order or mandate that deprives the citizens of these United States the sovereign control over their own bodies. Just give a listen to this statement she made during oral arguments about President Sleepy Joe Biden's vaccine mandates. So during Supreme Court oral arguments over President Biden's coronavirus vaccine mandates, Justice Sonia Sotomayor made a starkly false claim about child hospitalizations. Those numbers show that Omicron um, is as deadly uh, and causes as much serious disease in the unvaccinated as Delta did. We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in, in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. Actually, there were two lies in that soundbite, as well as something completely surprising. The first lie, that the moronic, or Omicron, variant of COVID is as deadly as the Delta variant. Well, I guess she hasn't been talking to everybody's favorite little statist, Dr. Frauci. All reports show Sotomayor's first part of that statement is a lie. Omicron, while more contagious, is definitely not as deadly. Then the lie about the number of children. She stated over 100,000 children hospitalized with Omicron and many of them on ventilators. Really? Keep in mind these oral arguments and questions took place last week on Friday the 7th of January. A news article that came out on Monday only provides an estimate of more than 4,000 pediatric hospitalizations. So Justice Sotomayor is about oh, 96,000 people overestimating. And get this, in this news article, it uses this phrase. It is over 4,000 pediatric hospitalizations confirmed and suspected 
COVID-19 patients. And those numbers come from the federal government, so it's definitely an overestimate. But even, let's say there are 4,000 confirmed, not confirmed in suspected cases. That is so far short of the 100,000 cases Sotomayor cited in the Supreme Court of the United States. Talk about being zealous in defense of a political position. An overestimation by that much reveals her bias towards supporting an unconstitutional mandate. And since she and Chief Justice Roberts seem to have mirror opinions lately, it does not bode well for the cause of liberty being defended in the highest court of the land. Oh, and about Sotomayor's lie? There's complete silence coming from the White House. This is the same White House that is quick to bash or send Peppermint Patty out to the podium and ridicule any misinformation from private or public officials that runs contrary to their narrative. The other surprising thing about that clip was that it's CNN talked about how she misspoke. Gee, imagine that. We can no longer count on the Supreme Court to protect and defend the Constitution. As a matter of fact, we should not have to rely on them, period. I often like to bring up Thomas Jefferson's words about a reliance on the Supreme Court as a true barrier for our liberty. Many of you in the audience have heard this before, but I'm sure new listeners are not aware of what one of the principal architects of the Constitution thought about reliance on the Supreme Court. He stated, and I quote, to consider the judges of the Superior Court as the ultimate arbiters of constitutional questions would be a dangerous doctrine which would place us under the despotism of an oligarchy. We, as in we the people, are the safest depository of the ultimate powers of society. Our state governments, those that are closer to the people than the federal government, are the truest barriers for our liberties. It is a role many states, though, have abdicated to the federal government, and unconstitutionally, I might add. Never forget that, either. Our Constitution created a federal government with very detailed and limited powers. And that includes all three branches of the government, the executive, legislative, and the judicial. Many, if not all, of these justices do not follow their oaths. In fact, these people must take two oaths of office before assuming a position on the Supreme Court. The first oath of office is this, I, state your name, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. That is an oath, or one quite similar, that I am familiar with. As many of you know, I swore an oath to the Constitution, as a dumb 17-year-old kid just trying to get away from the snow belt of central New York. But it is an oath I grew into, and one that for me never expires. But the justices, they swear that oath and another one, and it is this. I, state your name, do solemnly swear or affirm that I would administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich, and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me as, in whatever judicial position they are assuming, 
under the Constitution and laws of the United States. So help me God. Do you think these justices, and I'm talking about going all the way back to Marbury versus Madison, do they administer justice without respect to any person? Really? Sotomayor's statements during Oregon arguments in the past two months show that is a lie. She has violated Article 3, Section 1 of the Constitution by telling those lies. And this is the part of the Constitution that states that she can only hold her office during good behavior. That statement alone last week is bad behavior. Here's a little something that maybe a lot of people in the audience do not know or not aware of, and mainly because of lies told in the media. Supreme Court justices do not have a lifetime appointment. They have an appointment only for the duration of good behavior. So it is time for her and any other justice that has issued opinions contrary to the original intent of the Constitution to go. It is time to stop relying on the Supreme Court of the United States as the final arbiter of what is constitutional. Before we close the show, I would like to leave you with this from God's Word. This week it comes to us from Galatians 2, 4. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. These false brothers have come upon us in many forms, and for many different belief systems. And though they come upon us in many forms, they only come upon us in two venues right now. The first is in the form of our government and government institutions, school boards, court systems, as well as the legislative and executive branches of all levels of government. The second venue that they come to us in is in our unfree press, the national media that has positioned themselves as the propaganda wings of the political parties. Yes, I said political parties. Very rare is the bias-free news media platform in our society today. And the same thing goes for social media sites. These are the brothers that have slipped into our society in order to turn us all into slaves. Slaves to the lender, slaves to the government, slaves to themselves and their positions of power within the government and the media. Until next week, Stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.